Hello, and welcome to another episode of Surveyor Says. My name is Tim Birch, and today I've got a really kind of a cool guest. I've told a couple people this already, and he's jumped off into the deep end of the of the business pool, which is really, really cool for someone of his age and experience that he's going to bring so much uh, intensity to the the surveying profession uh, through what he's doing here. So let me introduce to you Mr. Nolan Mark, a surveyor from Located in Indiana, but you're multi-licensed a couple places. Tell us a little bit about, about you right here, right now. Well, thank you, Tim. And uh, I appreciate having the opportunity to come on and speak. So uh, as you said, I did just jump off the deep end. Um, I am now an owner. Uh, I am the owner of On The Mark Land Surveying here in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Um, I am licensed in Indiana. My first license actually came from Kentucky where I went to school at Murray State. And then I just got licensed in the beginning of March in Michigan. So, wow, that's and that's a big one too. I, I Michigan's a toughie. So, congrats to you you're just you're 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 knocking it out of the park in so many places. So, uh it was definitely one of the harder tests, I'll say. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Well, good good for you. Um I tell you what, tell us a little bit about not just, I mean, yes, obviously you jumped into business now. Tell us a little bit about what you're doing uh, extracurriculars. You're very active uh, with the Indiana Young Surveyors. And tell us a little bit about what's going on in, in some of that and how you got involved in the extracurricular stuff. So, yeah, I am obviously the state coordinator for the Indiana Young Surveyors Network. Uh, before that, uh, I was chapter president. Well, technically at the same time, I was chapter president of our Northeast chapter. Uh, I've now moved on to treasurer of the Northeast chapter since I am younger and I can fill that position easily and we don't have to switch the names often for the banking. So just make it easier for everybody. And then, uh, I mean, I've been involved with state society stuff even since I was in college. Like I said, at Murray State, um, our professor always made it a point that if there was a bi-monthly uh, chapter meeting to try to bring us along and just going to those as a student really showed how strong you need to be involved with the profession and just just that bond you get from just talking and just having dinner with other surveyors I mean especially for students people looking for internships I know there's probably two or three of us not myself specifically since I was from Indiana but there's at least two people that had an internship with somebody locally and that's pretty big if you're a college student. Exactly. No, it really is. Well, it's good to see that you were you were exposed and you and you understand and and, and see the value in uh, in being part of a part of a group, part of an association. I know that's that's a struggle for millennials and Gen Zs right now on what is the value of membership in something and being part of a a, a more of a professional group, but. Uh, uh, I'm glad you saw that that value early because there there is a lot of stuff to chase down um, as far as being able to be an advocate for the profession. So kudos to you for staying on top of that. Um, with the Indiana Young Surveyors, you want to talk a little bit about what uh, what activities you've been been uh, putting forth and uh, being very active in? Yeah, so I guess a little bit about Indiana Young Surveyors. We're pretty fresh. Uh, we started last year. Uh, right before COVID hit, um, I, we had just got done with convention. 
Um, I was nominated by Tony Gregory, who is actually our NSPS state delegate, for those that don't know. Um, so came out of convention in January. I figured, you know, surveyors week coming up in March. Let's rally some troops. Let's get this thing going. We had a planned up meetup at a social venue in Indy. Just have drinks, have dinner, just hang out. And then boom, everything with COVID hits. And it was actually a blessing in disguise, I think, because, you know, us Midwest folk, we just like to be home by five o'clock, you know, be in bed by <laughs> yes. eight, just, you know, turn on the TV, maybe just get our PJs and relax. So uh, fortunately, and here we are what, over a year later on a go-to meeting, and that's how I actually had our first Young Surveyors meetup was in, I believe, March or April. And we just got online and we talked and I just kind of explained, you know, here's what I've seen so far with NSPS Young Surveyors just from Instagram and getting to talk to a few people and connect. We've probably been going strong with 20 people so far actively. Uh, my email list has been up to 50 and I think we've kind of weeded out a few, but we're, we're staying at 30 people that are on our email list and want to know what's going on. So that's pretty much typical of a chapter size for us in our area. Some of them are a little bit larger, some of us are a little bit smaller, but we've had a summer meetup that same year. We kind of were seeing how everything went, but it was outside at a state park. Everybody was able to social distance and judge it, judge it at your own level. So we just had uh, Siler Instruments uh, do a box lunch for us and then maybe some adult beverages here and there for those <laughs> that were old enough. So <laughs> Sure, no, that's good. So that was pretty much our year last year. We went in convention and it ended up being virtual, but we still had some virtual meetings here and there. So now we're doing uh, Roundtable Tuesdays every month. Um, that was brought up because the two things that we kind of take away is that young surveyors should be a mentorship, looking for mentors and giving back when you're done. So still staying involved with young surveyors and then two networking. Those are the two big things I get out of feedback. So Roundtable Tuesdays, it gives us a chance to just even chat for five or 10 minutes before we start. And then just one Tuesday every month, we pick a topic and we just dive into it for an hour, hour and a half max. I think last week, or this week we went for an hour and a half. So like I said, some of us like to be in bed by eight o'clock. Some of us like to be in bed by nine. So we try to keep it short. <laughs> no, and I tell you what, I, I, I will say I, I have attended a couple of them and they've been not just, not, I won't say entertaining. They've been, they've been inf informational. They've been, uh, I think it's well-received. I think your topics are, are on point with, with the the laser scanning and uh, talking about NGS things and the datum changes, I mean it, they've been very very good uh, topics that are that are, are are quite relevant with everything we're doing now. So I'll kudos to putting that all together, um, and I hope to just continue to see it grow. You're right. That's I mean when somebody says, "Oh, there's only twenty, there's only twenty in the in the in the young surveyors uh, network for Indiana." That's pretty darn good, considering, like you said, most chapters, you don't get that much, uh, much uh, interaction either. So that's that's fantastic. So kudos to you guys for for everybody putting that together. All right, so I'm, I'm going to back up just a second and ask, 
what what was it that got you into surveying? Every surveyor has their story. Every surveyor somehow either fell into it or changed curriculum in college or what have you. What is Nolan Mark's story? So this is my surveying bear story, I guess you could say. Okay, good. <laughs> um, uh, I actually came across surveying and didn't realize it per se because uh, I job shadowed a surveying engineering company my senior year of high school. Um, we have the I-STEP testing here in Indiana. I don't know if we still do it. I've been, I've been graduated for a while. You know, I'm still young, but I'll throw it out there. I've been graduated from high school. I don't pay attention to what goes on, goes on there nowadays. But <laughs> um, so I'd obviously already passed my I-STEP tests and all the other things we had to do. So we had the option of we could either sit in study hall for three or four hours or we could go job shadow somebody. So I'd already kind of had the idea uh, that I was going to be an engineer. Um, specifically, I thought civil engineering, you know, I thought bridges were cool, architecture was cool growing up, just construction in general. So civil engineering, that's what I was going to do. So I found the local guy, uh, I was living in Auburn, Indiana, and he's like, yeah, you can come job shadow me, but why don't you go out with a field crew? And I was like, what's a field crew? You know, don't, don't you guys just stay inside and draw all day? And I actually went out with two guys. They were doing a cross sections on a ditch, a legal drain. And, you know, they were even asking me like, hey, go get the machete and go do this or just walk along with us. And I thought that was pretty cool. And it kind of just went over my brain at that point. I thought it was just another thing of civil engineering. But right. uh, I went to Trine University actually for two years, uh, played a little bit of baseball while I was there. Uh, it's up in Angola, Indiana. And I was doing engineering and balancing baseball in life and kind of got to the point where, you know, figure out you're going to do baseball and it's going to end eventually. So everybody's got to hang up their cleats at some point. Yeah, so that was kind of my point. <laughs> and uh, engineering, I liked it. Didn't really like chemistry too. Couldn't really, I don't know. Chemistry one was cool. I could do, you know pouring in everything into the, the tubes. But once you got into Chem 2, it was just a little bit over my head. So I backed up a little bit, rethought what I really wanted to do. And I found three schools around me that were doing civil engineering technology. Uh, one of them, obviously, where I went was Murray State. There is West Virginia Tech. And I think the other one was up in Michigan. But I actually visited Murray State on my spring break. And I just fell in love with it down there. So started getting into the program. One of the first courses I had was plane surveying, the most basic class they taught. And I just fell in love with surveying and haven't looked back since. I mean, some people call me a survey nerd and I, I kind of, you know, I own that. I, I like surveying. So, and that's probably the point where my career started. Well, that's awesome. I mean, um, yeah. And wear that survey nerd title proudly because the rest of us do. We really we uh we we truly are can be we can be our own little group of nerds and talk our own talk our own language at times um okay so you you go to murray state you you graduate you you where do you where do you go next what do you where do you jump where's your career jump off to next what what did you get into so i wouldn't per se recommending this to everybody but my sophomore year when i was well, I guess my second year there, because I already spent two years before. Um, 
uh, we went to the NCAA tournament. So it was in Louisville. It was also ironically during our college spring break. So uh, my wife, who was my girlfriend at the time, we went to the tournament on Thursday. They won. They were going to come back and play on Saturday. So Friday night in the hotel, I was amazed and I was sending them out to about 11 companies from back home in Fort Wayne. The number one rule I always heard was never send a resume out on a Friday. And luckily enough, behold, I get one back and he replies on Saturday. If you have, we'd love to have you in. So never send out a resume on a Friday, I would say, but <laughs> sure. Um, I interviewed on a Tuesday or Wednesday with the company. And then I think by the end of the week I had heard like, Hey, yeah, uh, come and work for us this summer and work from that summer, work from the next summer, and then even a little bit during my winter break. And that's how I got the ball rolling. Nice. Nice. So you fast forward a little bit, you you get your Kentucky license, you get your Indiana license, and now and now you've got your Michigan license. Uh what I guess what drove you to make that decision that I can do this. I, I'm going to start my own firm. I want to be my own boss. I want to do things my way. I guess what did you, what what steps along the way gave you that confidence that you could do this, that this is something you really wanted to chase after and, and, and try to make this on your own? Well, my wife would probably say that ever since college, I've probably wanted to be my own business owner because a lot of the guys that I saw down at college were single owners, sole proprietors, you know, they were doing it all. And I really liked that. And when I got into surveying, you know, I worked on a two man crew during the summers after graduating, I was on a one man crew. Um, I'll poke fun at myself. I worked at a few companies here and there, so it's okay. I'll admit it. But you know, some people were, well, would always say, Oh, you're just jumping around to get more money. You know, some places I took pay cut just so I could get the experience of what I needed. Some places I left because I was pigeonholed. And one of my biggest things has always been growth. I, if I'm not learning, I, I just didn't feel like I was pushing myself and I wanted to do more. So going out on my own, I mean, I had done field, I had done drafting in the office. I had done CAD, I had done, um, bidding. I have done, um, project management, just, you know, getting revenue and billing mm -hmm. out every month. Um, I mean, stamping jobs, I've, I've pretty much done it all. And that's what I've always had. The goal is to put my foot into every option of surveying I had, you know, I may not be able to know bathymetric surveying and there's some other aspects of surveying. I don't want to dabble in because I'm not an expert, but I mean, topos, boundaries, altas, um, UAV, I'm a licensed pilot too. I mean, if it's surveying, I want to learn it. And if I don't have the expertise now, maybe somewhere down the way I can get the training. So I've always just wanted, I think surveying companies are going to start growing more into just surveying companies. And I hope that's how it goes. Or obviously I started this path. So <laughs> I always want to stay a surveying only company, but I just, that's kind of where it went. Uh, I, you know what? And, I'm glad you said that because that is a that's a good I think that's a good future topic for other other times but I think that the fact that you touched on it is that I think there is a time now where 
we really have to consider about surveying only companies that, um, yeah, so often through growth, the engineering companies acquire surveying and make it all in-house and whatever. Um, I think that time has come and you've, you've probably jumped off at a great time to that, that serving really, I think to also then earn the respect that, that the, the profession needs as well. It needs to be on its own. And, uh, that way you are concentrating solely on the surveying and not worrying about, uh, all the other things that go on with a multidiscipline firm. So, no, I think uh, I think you've got the right mindset there as well. That's awesome. That's um, kind of like my tagline or motto. I always say, you know, defining boundaries but redefining expectations. You know, I I will live and breathe by the minimum standards of every state. But sometimes, you know, I started off technically flipping burgers and shaking chicken wings at Buffalo Wild Wings. You know, it's a customer service industry and surveying is a professional service industry. We're here to serve people. And, you know, some people won't pick up the call or not even call back. And I pick up every call or I call everybody back within a timely manner, I think. And that's just one thing I hope people will start doing more in our profession. And I hope the, the people that are listening to this podcast hear that and how important that part of it is because um, this young man gets it, that it is it is customer service as well. Um, and I think that's the one knock on surveyors uh, is has been our business acumen or lack thereof that uh, they want to be out in the field. They want to go do the survey and be left alone. If you're going to be a successful surveyor, you need to be a successful business person as well, no matter what part of it you're in. And uh, I, I applaud you for having that attitude. That's 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 a great attitude uh, that's going to going to take you places. Um. You talked about, uh, you know, your uh, your experiences and your uh, your your body of knowledge and not knowing everything and knowing your limitations. But you also talked about UAVs and some of those these other higher tech things. How important do you think and how important do you see the technology continuing to grow in surveying and staying on top of on top on top of this this technology and how it's going to uh, grow the profession? Well, everybody's kind of always poked fun that they think technology is to blame for why surveying is kind of taking the dip that it has. And I I won't doubt or say it's probably not a cause. It's probably not the only cause. But, I mean, just staying on top of technology, you know, robots, typically one-man crew now, um, I hope to grow my business where I'm employing a few people and I want to bring back the two-man crew. I I hope it takes that route and obviously i'm a one-man shop right now and it's doable but just staying up to date with robots gps um uavs it's just another tool in the toolbox i mean i know there's drone companies out there but scanning i really think that's going to be a big part of the future just not only because of the technology just safety in general there's so much things going on in the world i mean i was on a job my first week on my own and I don't have a fancy truck with flashers or I just have four ways and a bubble light. No, nothing fancy right now. I got to start somewhere. And I was digging up a section corner and I had cones on each side of my truck, my truck in front of me. And here's this guy just bebopping down the road with his AirPods in and just doesn't even notice me. And I'm over here waving and I obviously can get off to the side of the road, but it's not until he's about a hundred feet away from me. He realizes I'm right there and it's just, 
there's so many distractions and technology can help us do some things. Obviously, you still have to physically measure a section corner and some other things and dip manholes, but I mean, even scanning manholes now or anything you can do to make it easier, faster, we have to stay on top of it. Because if not, someone else is going to figure out how to use it and they're going to say you don't need a survey to do it. Right, exactly. Um, no, you've got that right on the money as well. That uh, that I, I think that uh, I think by staying in front of this technology, I think it's it is going to give us um, really kind of a leg. I should say a leg up on the not necessarily the competition who is like you said the 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 proprietors the the uh, the drone companies and some of these scanning companies um, that that I mean the tech you you hit it on the head. It's a tool. It's another tool in our toolbox, and um, I've I've comically said for years that um, you know the tool doesn't make the make the profession. I mean, I can go to Home Depot buy a hammer. It doesn't make me a carpenter. Um, just ask my wife. Um, <laughs> so it, it just it's a lot of things like that. It's the tools. It is the tools, but it is the application of those tools and and something um, that that you know that you said that 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 it is staying on top of that. And I, I applaud you for, for, for taking that tact. Um, all right. So you've got some field experience. Um, what's it been like in the, in, in the field? And, and I say that kind of tongue in cheek because <laughs> you're my neighbor in Indiana. I'm in Illinois. All my, you know, all my field work has been here in the, in the flatlands of Illinois for the most part. Um, what's surveying in Indiana been like? Uh, so I have a little bit of experience in Indiana, Ohio, and Michigan together. Oh, nice, um, nice. Mostly in the north part, you know, we're we're pretty flat land, you know. Even in Michigan, uh, I've done some lower Michigan work, and you know, it's pretty flat. We got a lot of cornfields, you know. I think there's a song about flyover states or something like that. I wouldn't I wouldn't count us as one per se, but I think they mention us. But right, you know, there's a few young surveyors that joke they're in God's country down there in the south, and they got hills and all the forestry so they need all the fancy newer units of gps so they can get back there and measure it still and up here it's i mean it's pretty flat uh i mean that doesn't make the cost any less i mean we're still going to survey it for what it costs in my opinion but it it's home mm -hmm. i really like it i grew up in uh, michigan city indiana which is over by the lake you know yes it is michigan city indiana yeah <laughs> yeah, on Lake Michigan, but I mean, it's it's pretty wild. I mean, it's it's not up and down hills, but it's surveying, surveying. In my opinion, it's just no matter where you go, you're still going to do it the same way. It just might be a little bit easier to drive down a section line than to traverse a mountain top. Oh, so. sure, exactly. Well, every surveyor I know has a story. Do you have anything from the field you'd like to like to share with anybody? Oh man. Uh I wouldn't say I have a story per se, but I definitely have I guess my fondest memories have always been working with somebody else, which is now I'm on my own. I I will miss that a little bit till I start hiring people, but my my best memories were when I was probably an intern and working with uh one of my favorite mentors as a crew chief and just we work 60-hour days sometimes 50 to 60 hour weeks we would drive two hours every morning and afternoon in a truck to the job sites and you just get a, a really good appreciation for those that are doing the same thing that you are and you know 
we used to joke, you know, I see you more than my wife who was, and then at that time, my fiance and girlfriend, it was just like, you just get to know those people and you have an appreciation for that bond that you build. So I, I really valued those internship days. And if you're a student or anybody and you're struggling finding an, an internship, which I highly doubt right now, but just cherish those days when you're on a two-man crew because there's so much you will learn and appreciate. Well, and I tell you what, I want to, I want, I do want to back up to something you said earlier um, that, you know, you're talking about you're in the, you're in startup mode, so it's just you, but you want to be able to get back to that point where it's two-man crew and provide somebody else that, uh, that, that mentorship. I tell, let's, let's talk about that just for a second and how important that mentorship really is to what we do. I mean, it's, it's one thing to go to school and just learn everything you need, you think you need to learn about being engineer, surveyor, architect, whatever. But now, I mean, surveying is unique in my, my opinion, and I'm curious to hear yours uh, on that field experience, on those real world experiences and how do we get back to having two man crews just for even for just that poor part of it? Yeah. I mean, just getting back to two man crews. I mean, I, we could spend probably hours talking about <laughs> just rates and pay and other things. And I won't, I won't go down that route, but um, man, just mentorship in general is probably one of the big things that is just key to my career. I mean, I've had some good bosses, but I've had some really good mentors and uh, I can touch on a few if you'd like me to. You know and, what? Now's your chance to, uh, if you, if you want to call them out and, and call <laughs> them out for what good they've done. And they, they all need to be proud because of where you're at in your career right now, period. And that's, and that's still with a long career to go. So yes, have at it. Let us, let us, let us know who those people are. Uh, I'll work my way backwards and I'll, I'll try to keep the list short. Cause like I said, I've had a few, few bosses and a few other people I worked with in a, in my career. But I mean, starting backwards um, at my last job at American Structure Point, um, I worked closely with Jessica Stapleton and she was the Department of the Right-of-Way Engineering. And I'll tell you what, in my interview, I said I hated it. It was the last thing I wanted to do. Uh, and it wasn't even so much that I hated it. I just, when I was taught before, I just didn't have a good grasp and it wasn't, you know, this is how we do it whether it's right or wrong this is how we do it when i got there it was here's the 1975 manual and we're going to do it how it's supposed to be done and it, it wasn't like she told me i was doing it wrong but she just said here it is you know if you have any questions turn to this and then i would turn to it or ask her and she'd be right on top of it and give me feedback so i mean just my last experience inside the office that was amazing um and then before that, my best mentor is probably Stuart Eddy, who is my field crew chief that I was talking about. Um, I'm a big person that if you start out in surveying, you should start out in the field because everything we do happens in the field. That's what the most exposure surveying gets. You know, the guy on the side of the road with the camera or the tripod, obviously. But mm -hmm. <laughs> um, just working with him every day for two summers, you know, ask questions. My first summer, I didn't even know if I really liked it. I did a lot of construction staking and, you know, I was a guy pounding hubs every day and we'd pound 100, 120, 150, you know, some days 200 hubs a day and laugh. And 
it was tiring. And then, you know, he would turn to me, he goes, when you're not here, I have to do this by myself. So you just appreciate that. And then the second summer I came back, it was, here's a set of plans. Let's start looking at them every day. So most of the time as the intern, I would sleep in the morning <laughs> since we would get up early and he would nap on the way back. But, you know, every now and then that second summer, I would start looking at plans and just getting used to seeing it because in school, you get a set here and there and you go, oh yeah, I can read a plan set. Can you lay out a plan set? Can you get mm -hmm. used to seeing what it is? And just working with him in the field every day, just a great appreciation for him. And then I went, since I said working backwards, if I got out of this and I didn't mention Andrew Kelly at Murray State, who was my professor, um, what an amazing guy. If you've ever had a chance to talk to him if, or if you know him on this podcast, he will do anything for you to advance your career. Even now he's retired and we email probably once every two or three months, just checking in still. And he is probably the reason why I love surveying so much, just laid out the groundwork, my foundation, you know, we call it the fundamentals of surveying and man, that guy just knew it all to me. And I just have a great appreciation for everything he did for students and just building people's careers. So very nice. And some other, other honorable mentions, I'll say John Payne, who was also a professor there. And then Trent Keenan lately has been helping me with just business questions. I mean, it's easy to ask somebody across the nation some questions and, you know, your competitors in your area. Right. So. Now, we'll give a little shout out to Trent and uh, the Mentoring Mondays. That uh, That's really taken off quite well. And, uh, yes, I know he's a he's a big uh, uh, big supporter of, of the the your roundtable Tuesdays as well. So that's, that's really, that's a really great. I mean, that's part of the, the beauty of the profession is that uh, you're right. In some instances we are competitors, but realistically we, we, we need to prop each other up a little bit just to, you know, to, to make, make sure that we're all doing the right stuff. We're all doing, have the, have the right mindset and we've got each other's back. So no, that's, you know, th that's great that you've had that many people in your life to help help you and guide you along. So kudos to all of them as well. Like I said, all of them, I hope somewhere along the lines you're listening, you should be proud of this young man. So, but, uh, okay. Well, like I said, and you're, you're a busy man as well. I want to get you back to, uh, <laughs> back to the grind of, of, of your new business, but I do want to wrap it up with a couple of things. Uh, th there's always this ongoing question as of, especially the last couple of years, future of surveying. Uh, where are we going? What uh, is there? Do we have a future? Do we have some possibilities? Where do, where do you see the profession going? Uh, I mean, I kind of hinted at it earlier. I really hope that some surveyors realize our uniqueness. And, you know, a couple of engineering companies I worked at, you know, we were viewed as the support staff. And, you know, I, I didn't really sit well with me. I've you know, we can do a lot of things that they can't do. And I just really wanted to express that now, I guess, since I'm an owner and I can show I can do all these things. But uh, surveying in general, I mean, there's some uphill battles we have, the technology, the getting back to, I don't know if we need three-man crew or we need, you know, 10 guys out in the field staying all day and camping like they used to, you know, they say the hashtag real surveyors. But, <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. know, for me, I guess, in my career, I think D licensure is just something we're going to have to keep fighting a little bit. 
that's always going to be an uphill battle. I don't think surveyors are ever going away, but you know, with the technology and everything else, we need to stay on top of, hey, this is my stamp, this is my approval. You know, I know construction layout's a big topic. Some in Indiana, at least, if you're staking something a surveyor or engineer signed and stamped, then a surveyor should be responsible for staking it out. And I'm not throwing anybody else from the bus, but I know there's some maybe a few companies out there that might be doing that but mm -hmm. there's just a lot of things that we shouldn't lose our ground on i know gis is a big topic but luckily that kind of stands for get it surveyed now so maybe that's a good thing but <laughs> yeah well good well but good yeah, i think i think the future is bright i think uh a lot of young people will see that it's a rewarding career um the numbers do go down but the numbers do go up so I just think we're in that down period right now. And me personally, I try to get in front of as many students. I was just at the VU hybrid class the uh, last month. And, you know, we were talking about this too. And we were there for like an hour and a half, just talking about surveying in general. And we were there just to talk about scholarships. So, right. <laughs> well, good, good. All right. The last, last thing I've got, you're thrown in, th thrown in front of, uh, from, high school students and you've got your 60 second elevator speech on what what's the value of being a surveyor what what can you tell them in that short period of time of why they should consider surveying as a potential profession with all the things geospatial all right well i'm on the clock i don't know if i can do it in six no, seconds you've got whatever you, need. <laughs> uh, you know I, I typically tell them you know there's there's do you like being outdoors and then do you like being indoors you know right now i can do both you know if you get licensed you don't have to come inside you can stay outside and it has a lot of value to have a licensed surveyor out in the field um if you like construction you know we're involved before during and after you know topo or boundary alta construction layout and then doing as builds afterwards i mean you may not be the one physically putting the building together but there's a lot of liability and money if that does not go where it's supposed to go. So even if you think you don't want to get in design work, but you kind of be involved in plans and construction, you can do that. Um, there's just so many opportunities right now. You, if you can't get a job, you know, I want to say call me because I'm not really technically hiring right now. I got a few things I want to pay off and buy first, but the opportunities are endless and I don't see that going away anytime soon. And no disrespect to engineering architects or anybody out there, but man, surveying, it, it's a beautiful career and the opportunities are endless. Very good. I, I think that's a perfect, perfect ending. I really do. Thank you for, for your positivity. Thank you for your enthusiasm for the profession. Um, and like I've said with several of our other younger surveyors through the last couple of months, um, Write this guy's name down. You're going to hear more from him. Um, he's making some noise as a young surveyor, and he's going to continue to make noise in the profession. So uh, thank you, Nolan. I appreciate you taking time out of your <clears> – <throat> I'm sorry. It's your busy schedule. You're, you've jumped off at a, good, at a heck of a time, and uh, it's, it's good to see you going after it and getting busy and, and staying busy. So uh, you, you just keep us in mind for things you need down the, down the road as well. Oh, I will, and – if you're a young surveyor listening, I mean, I, I encourage you to either figure out who your state rep is to get involved or 
if you don't know who it is, ask somebody in your society. And if they say they don't know, start it up. I mean, I think every every state should have a network. And then on top of that, if you're interested in learning more about an international level of young surveyors, I know the virtual conference is coming up on May 15th. And technically, you don't even just have to do the North American session that starts at 3 p.m. Eastern. You could do any or all of them. So. Just write it down on your calendar if you're interested in learning about surveying on an international level. So, very good. But other than that, I, I really appreciate the time. And yeah, I am busy. So, I got a few things to do after this. Okay, good, good. Well, that'll wrap it up for this week on, uh, on Surveyor Says. Uh, once again, this has been Mr. Nolan Mark on the Mark Surveying in, in Indiana. Uh, and uh, like I said, if you need something in that area, shoot him a call otherwise uh you will be hearing for him from him uh within the profession so uh this has been tim birch we've got a couple of great sessions coming up in the next few weeks so uh if you listen subscribe all your normal places and uh we look forward to hearing from you soon thanks you've been listening to the surveyor says podcast brought to you by the national society of professional surveyors if you have any questions about today's episode or any other topic, please email us at info at nsps.us.com, and we are here to help. Visit our website, nsps.us.com, to learn more about our association, the programs we administer and support, our sustaining members, and information about future episodes of Surveyor Says. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Spotify, as well as our podcast host, Podbean. And remember, it's a great day to be a surveyor.